0: The
1: reading is from St. Paul's letter to the Philippians. Let us be attentive.
0: Brethren Rejoice in the Lord always again. I will say rejoice Let all men know your forbearance the Lord is at hand Have no anxiety about anything but in everything by prayer and supplication With thanksgiving let your requests be made known to the to God And the peace of God which passes all understanding will keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Find, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think upon these things. What you have earned and received and heard and seen in me do and the God of peace will be with you Peace be to you the reason. so
1: Let us be attentive. Six days before Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. There they made him a supper, Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those at table with him. Mary took a pound of costly ointment of pure gnaw and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair and the house was filled with the fragrance of the ointment. But Judas Iscariot, one of the disciples, he who was to betray him, said, Why was this ointment not sold for three hundred denarii and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief. And as he had the money box, he used to take what was put into it. Jesus said, Let her alone, let her keep it for the day of my burial. The poor you always have with you, but you do not always have me. When the great crowd of the Jews learned that he was there, they came not only on account of Jesus, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priests planned to put Lazarus also to death, because on account of him, Many of the Jews were going away and believing in Jesus. The next day a great crowd who had come to the feast heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, crying, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. And Jesus found a young donkey and sat upon it. As it was written, Fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand this at first, but when Jesus was glorified, when they remembered this had been written of him, and had been done to him. Peace be to you, proclaims
0: the gospel.
2: Blessed feast day to you all on this strangely joyous celebration. I was listening to the Vespers hymns last night, and on four different times last night, and at least once during the Orthros today, this hymn was set. Today, the grace of the Holy Spirit has brought us together. And all of us take up your cross and say to you, Blessed are you, the one who is coming in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Now I mentioned that this is sort of a strange celebration. As we approach Palm Sunday in Scripture, Jesus tarried outside of in the country while he waited for Lazarus to die. He then came four days later when Lazarus was very dead. And he raised him to life, proving that he is the Lord of life. And yet, the disciples knew, because Jesus had told them over and over again that I am going up to Jerusalem. And there, the chief priest will betray me, and I will be... I will suffer and I will die, but on the third day I will rise. So now as Jesus begins his descent from the Mount of Olives into the city of Jerusalem, and there's this excited expectation. Jesus, who has just raised a man four days dead from the tomb, is coming in. He is riding on a donkey, and some would have recognized that this fulfills scripture to say that this is the king who is to come, who is going to set everything right. But there is this joyous celebration, Hosanna in the highest, the children are running ahead, many people are throwing their cloaks and the palm branches in their path, and we don't have any record, strangely, of what the apostles were thinking. Because they must be looking at this, saying, what is going on? So, on the one hand, all the children and the people are, are praising God and celebrating the coming of this, who they believe to be the Messiah, correctly. And yet, it's hard to imagine that the disciples who are anticipating the death of their Lord are in this same state of joy and so this feast day is set for us here really as a launching pad into Holy Week where we can hold these two things sort of together a joyous celebration of the coming King and a a sense of danger a sense of dread a sense of what is coming And yet we, since we know the outcome of this passion of Christ, we truly can enter it into this week with a a sense of expectation. A sense of what is the Lord going to do? What is He going to do next? Just like those celebrating His entrance. So, It was hard for me to focus on the details of today's Gospel because I so saw this day as a real launching launching pad into Holy Week. The hymn says, Today the grace of the Holy Spirit has brought us together. We have been drawn together for a purpose. And it says that we may take up our cross and say, Blessed are you who is coming in the name of the Lord. So on this day, as we enter into Holy Week, we are to take up our crosses and follow Christ. Now, what does this mean for us? How how do we connect this to our lives? When Jesus says to us, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow Me, this had to be meaningless. What does He mean to take up your, your cross? They have no comprehension and for us it's difficult because the cross is an instrument of death. So what does this mean for us? Now forgive me, but every year about this time as I think about what I might share with you during the Holy, Holy Week season, I'm drawn to an image I have in my mind of our life as a river. Our life in Christ as a river. So Bear with me. Please, all of you, picture yourselves, use your imagination in a small boat on a river. Now, some of you have much experience being on a river. And I think it's an apt uh, metaphor for our life in Christ. A river has a course. It has a path. And when we're on that river, we can't always see what that path is. The river has a direction. It doesn't flow in more than one, it goes in one direction. And our life, likewise, goes in one direction. Essentially, to Christ. And a river has a current. Now, what is the current in this metaphor? The current is the grace of the Holy Spirit. The grace of the Holy Spirit that has brought us together today. It is the grace of the Holy Spirit. We could say the will of God. We could say the love of Christ. This is that which drives the river forward. And we are a boat on this river in the midst of this current. Now, some of you have more experience on rivers, and you know that... To successfully navigate a river, it is not necessarily easy. Our job as Christians is to try to know what the will of God is, to know what the Holy Spirit is doing in our lives and try to align ourselves with that. In other words, take the boat of our life and line it up in the current of the Holy Spirit so that we might participate in what God is doing for us, what the grace of the Holy Spirit is acting out in us. Our job is to steer and keep our little boat in the current, but have you ever tried to do this in a river? It's not as easy as it looks. For those of you guys who have been on raft trips, you know it is not always easy to steer the boat where we want it to go. To keep ourselves in that current, in the river, in that uh, going in the direction of what the Holy Spirit is doing, is a challenge. And yet this is our call. St. Paul says to the Ephesians when he is talking about the fruits of the Spirit, he said, if we live by the Spirit, and we do live by the Spirit in our baptism, then let us also keep pace with the Spirit to walk in step with the Holy Spirit. This is our job. To direct the boat of our lives in cooperation with the Holy Spirit in our lives and to navigate this spiritual river of our lives. Now this is not always smooth sailing. Sometimes it is impossible for us or we think it is impossible to discern what this current is doing where this river is taking us, or how we should go. Sometimes it feels there's a wind against us, and it feels like we're making no progress at all. Our job is to continue to call out to our Savior and to keep with the best effort we can in the center of this current so that we might follow Christ. Now, a real river has not just one current, but many currents. There's a main current down the middle. And as you get towards the, s- the shores, there are these things called eddies. Have you heard of eddies? Little eddy currents. And an eddy current is a place on the side of a river where the current seems to disappear. Or sometimes the current even goes backwards as it swirls around. And it's a place where a rafter or a boat, boating person might pull over to the side to rest. Our life has a lot of these. A great number of temptations that ask us, no, don't struggle so hard. Don't keep striving. Just just eddy out. Just hang out in this little pool of water on the side. It's, It's calmer over here. It's much easier. And we sit in this eddy and we can see the main current going by. But essentially we're going nowhere. And if we only focused on the water right in front of us, we would see the water, and we would say, "Well, there's there's no current. This is if I don't look out at the main current, we say this is a river. This is a lake, and it's calm. It's nice here. Let's have a picnic." But for those of us who want to take up our cross and follow Christ, we must push out into the main current and do our best with our steering and our paddling. This would be our prayers and our life inside the church to be in step, to be and keep pace with the Holy Spirit. Whenever we enter Great Lent, and I have this image of the river in mind, Great Lent seems like a quickening of the pace of the river. There is something that we are supposed to do with our fasting and our almsgiving and our attendance in church services. The current of the Holy Spirit, what God is doing in us, is greater, is more obvious. And we are called to join that current of this time called Great Lent. And then Great Lent brings us, quickly we think, sometimes not so quickly, to Holy Week. And now here we are on the brink of Holy Week. And it's as if we've entered this small, somewhat calm area on the river. We can see ahead that it is going to drop us into a torrent. It would be like the little section of white water on a river. And if we allow ourselves, we can be carried through this. if we allow ourselves to carry ourselves, um, or to rather, to steer our boat into this torrent, to find out what the Lord is going to do anew, that we can with confident expectation, like those on Palm Sunday look, what is the Lord going to do next? To have a constant expectation that the Lord this Holy Week will do something new in our lives. So this Holy Week is upon us. And we look ahead and we start thinking of the beautiful services. My brothers and sisters in Christ, if we look ahead to Pascha, we have to realize that the joy of Pascha can only be reached through the cross. The joy of our resurrection can only be reached through death. Because the only thing that happens on the cross is death. We are called by Christ to deny ourselves, take up our crosses, and follow Him. What does it mean for us this week, this Holy Week? To the greatest extent that we can We should die to all of the things that pull us out of the current of what God is doing. It's time for us to unite ourselves to Christ. The only path to our own resurrection is through our crosses. And taking our crosses and uniting them to Christ's cross so that we can make sense this week of Christ's call. Jesus repeatedly told his disciples what was going to happen to him. And just as he was getting ready to go to Jerusalem, St. Thomas says, let us go with him, that we may die with him. That is what we are being called to today. If we are to unite ourselves to Christ, we are to unite our lives to him. And die with him. So let us all go up to Jerusalem, uniting ourselves to Christ, that we may die with him. When you were baptized, and I had the joy of being a part of a baptism yesterday, when you were baptized, either you or your sponsor were asked, do you unite yourself to Christ? Do you unite yourself to Christ? Do you unite yourself to Christ? And three times you must in order to enter the church, respond, Yes, I unite myself to Christ. In all of our lives, but especially this week, we are called to unite ourselves to Christ. Father Stephen Freeman in his blog this past week said it very beautifully, that this, uniting ourselves to Christ, is the single point of our life. To live in union with Him is to die in union with Him. It is to breathe in union with Him. It is to love in union with Him. To forgive in union with Him. To fast in union with Him. To walk and act in union with Him at all times. From the baptismal um, epistle from yesterday. St. Paul says in Romans, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death? We were buried therefore with Him by baptism into death, so that Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so that we too might walk in the newness of life. For if we have been united with Him in a death like His, we shall certainly be united with Him in a resurrection like His. This is the goal of the Holy Spirit, in our lives. We don't have to ask ourselves, what is God's will for my life this week? The will of God for you this week, and for me this week, is to unite ourselves to Christ. To align our lives, our little boats, with the current of where the Holy Spirit is going. So that we might learn what it means to take up our cross and follow Him. Now we've been given many crosses. We have been given struggles and things that we must bear. And we are to take those crosses and we are to unite them to His cross. That all of our suffering in this life can be united and purified by the suffering of Christ on the cross. This week it is to bear our shame and unite it with His shame on the cross. Then we can say with St. Paul, I am crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself up for me. My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, let us all this week push off into the deep, fast-flowing waters of Holy Week and be swept along with Christ's love through the cross. With faith and with love and with longing and with confident expectation, truly lift up our hearts that His cross will once again transform all of our crosses. No matter how you spent your Lenten fast, no matter what crosses you must bear, To the full extent that you are able this week, let us lay aside everything that encumbers us and enter into the grace of the Holy Spirit that is being poured out upon us and that has drawn you here today and is drawing us along into the love of Christ so that we might unite ourselves to Him and share in the joy of His glorious resurrection and be raised with Him to new life now and ever into the ages of ages. Amen.